Hello and welcome to On Deck Circle here on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Michael Levitt here with Adam Rosen. And we have plenty of baseball to talk now. I mean, spring training started. Uh, Teams getting ready for opening day in little less than a month at this point. And, I mean, it's exciting. Wouldn't you say, Adam? Just a little exciting. Even though some people like to overreact to spring training. I'm excited that baseball's back, but people need to relax. Just because your team is doing great does not mean they're winning the World Series, guaranteed. Just because your team is doing terrible does not mean they're doing all going to be the ba- a bad team. But, nonetheless, I'm excited because there's baseball. And I have missed baseball, despite my love of other sports, too. But, nonetheless, exciting to have baseball back. And soon, actually less than a month from opening day now, April 1st being the first game, I believe, for everybody, or most teams. So, yeah, that's exciting. And, yeah, there's a lot of other news that's happened, especially because the games have started now for spring training. We've seen fans back at stadiums, hopefully following guidelines. Um, and, yeah, I think that's really exciting to have back, to just be able to see fans doing, having fun at games. Uh, you got to see interviews with players in the dugout. <laughs> Seems like they were FaceTiming, which is kind of fun. Um, yeah, it's really fun to watch the – just have baseball back and see some team, like even though there are still players who are out there on the market, you know, some players are still getting with te- signing up with teams, signing up, <laughs> signing with teams. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you did talk about um, coronavirus and sort of those, everything that's been going on with that. And I mean, that's one, probably the main reason teams are having alternate training sites again is because, I mean, it's easier to manage the test restrictions, protocols, testing, everything going on with that. It's easier to do that in the month before the minor league season starts for everyone not on the major league roster than to just have them be at, I mean, their affiliates and or at a different training facility and on their own. I mean, it's easier to do it if everyone's all in one place. And, I mean, it's going to be pretty similar to last season in that regard. Um going to be a lot of testing um i mean there is going to be uh minor league spring training going on in april actually before the season starts in may which along with that they actually pushed the triple a season back um i mean that's pushed back by a month so now triple a double a and single a are all starting at the same time um which i mean is is i mean that's pretty good and now we I mean, it makes it more likely the players get vaccinated before the start of the season, too. Um, I mean, it's... I mean, the more players that get vaccinated, I think the better it would be as far as lower the case numbers. The more vaccinations, the lower case numbers as far as breakouts within teams and, uh, I mean, everything with that. I mean, there were a couple last year. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, at least at the beginning of this season before before um it's the vaccine is widely distributed i mean it is distributed now but before it becomes widely distributed across the country it'll be interesting to see how many how many teams actually get the outbreak i mean i'm hoping none do obviously but i mean it's it's one of those things to watch yeah and especially because there's supposed to be enough vaccines for every adult in the country 
I believe, by the end of May, which is a lot sooner than was expected. So that's really awesome to know that they are working to get that done. So, just definitely good news. And obviously, there's some other things around baseball. Just some cool stuff. I mean, I if you if you watched uh, last night, there were Nats game. I, I Fred. Peterson, I believe, the Nats player. I'm thinking of. I can't actually remember his name. So I was looking at this, and someone was like, "Mate, does anyone know this guy hits bombs and it's the pitcher?" And I'm like, "Huh?" And I'm like, "Is that the LSU guy?" And if you don't remember this, there was an LSU pitcher a few years ago who was put into pinch hit, uh, and he hit. Uh, I don't remember how many. I think it was a two or three RBI double or single, maybe, and he drove in. And then he was interviewed in post game, and he's like, "Oh, what, what was your uh, what were you thinking? Go, what was your thinking when you stepped up to the plate? Like, go yard." I hit bombs in high school. I love that. That is my favorite quote ever in an interview. And he got—I I did not know who the guy was on the net. I did not know he was pit, uh, pitching for the Nats now. So I just laughed at that. I just think it's fun to see spring training. So many players, just all over. Yeah, I mean, it's—it is good to see all these guys who. I mean, you haven't really since there was no minor league season last year. It's—it it, there's not really guys who some of these players haven't really played in with their organization in over a year. So, I mean, it's it's interesting to see um, these guys sort of get back into the groove and, I mean, s- see them in either different jerseys or, I mean, even w- with the same jerseys. I mean, I mean, it's, it's cool to see these guys keep playing. Yeah. And um, to some less exciting news, uh, Aaron Boone had some, uh, had a health issue this past week, had actually took a leave of absence from the Yankees to uh, undergo surgery to get a pacemaker. Um, and I guess he reported that he had uh, lightheadedness, low energy, and shortness of breath prior to it. And, I mean, everything, it was successful. Had surgery on Wednesday, stayed overnight in the hospital, left Thursday. And, I mean, he could actually be back with the team by by the start of this next week, possibly. Um, I mean, it he he has been in contact with players since the surgery. And, I mean, he's pretty young for a pacemaker, too. He turns 48 next week. I mean, that's not really, um, like, an age that you would expect someone to have health, or health issues of that magnitude. Yeah, but we know he's had open-heart surgery before, I believe, 12 years ago. So, either way, regardless, just hope he's all right. Oh, and yeah. And that he gets back to the, the diamonds, to, back into, into the dugout soon. And that all is well, and that this does not become a serious issue. Definitely, yeah. I mean, it, it's not something that you want to stick around for too long. Or, yeah. Or at all. Um, but um, on a more exciting note, um, Hunter Dozier signed a, uh, an extension with the Royals this week for four years, $25 million, with an option for $10 million for a fifth year. So, I mean, that's pretty team-friendly, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah, I would it, say so. Max is out at $49 million with escalators bonuses and the option i mean that's that's pretty pretty good deal for the royals i would say at this point yeah and hunter dozier is a solid he's not an amazing player he's just a he's a eh, he's a solid player who's i mean it's a team and like it's a team friendly deal he's uh about i'll be 30 later this season so it's just a way to keep him around for probably for the rest of for most of what could be his best better years obviously he's Really, I mean, so it's just a solid deal overall just to have him, you know, 
be a vet guy who's even though he's only played for four years, it's just a like a veteran guy, I guess, in a way, because of his age. So yeah. he's really only he has he's been an okay player for most of his career for his, for the past four years. He's but really still. broken out the past couple yeah. years though. I mean he's one of their better players at this point. Um got uh I mean had I mean and this only buys out two of his free agency years anyway. I mean he's yeah. he was still under contract for the next two years. Yeah, it's just I'm okay with the contract. I just don't think he's an amazing. He's not a great player. He's an okay player. I mean, he had one year where he was his eight in 2019. He was an 870 OPS, which is solid. Which is very, which is pretty good. Besides that, nothing amazing. But otherwise, other either way, it's a nice contract to give to him because it just expect hope for believing that he can get continue to build. Hopefully, go back to that as as opposed to last year's stats. So with that, we are going to take a quick break. But when we return, we'll talk about some injuries that happened um, from players, some free agency stuff, and, I mean, a couple, couple other questions uh, and topics to cover. So stick around on On Deck Circle here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Uh, hi, Columbia. You listen KCOU 88.1 FM. Have a groovy time. For nearly 15 years, India's House has brought traditional North Indian cuisine to downtown Columbia. Featuring staples such as tikka masala and tandoori breads, India's House is sure to warm the soul. Located at the intersection of Broadway and Hit, open for delivery or curbside pickup. And now, a poem. Tikka masala is red, and you're feeling blue, but once you're at India's House, you'll feel anew. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host, Logan Perone, as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, KCU.FM on the Blue Box. Look at me, busy as a bee. Where'd I get all this energy? Oh, man. Mm, man. I don't sleep and I don't need... But I've got the cleanest house on the street. Oh, meth, mm, meth. Get these hairs all out of my face. Get these bugs all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, meth, mm, meth. KCOU Columbia, 88 and 110th reasons to listen. Hello, hello, and welcome back to more On Deck Circle here on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen, along with Michael Levitt. So we just finished up talking a little bit of intro stuff, and now we have a couple of free, some free agency stuff, some in, unfortunate injuries that happened this week, and a couple other things to talk about. But, yeah, so Michael wants to start us off with some unfortunate, ma- honestly, some major injuries around the league, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, sort of... Probably the biggest one that happened in this in the in the past week was, I mean, Framber Valdez, who broke out this past year, and was expected to be the Astros' number two starter. 
behind Zach Greinke. And, I mean, now he might actually miss the whole season, fractured his finger, may have to undergo surgery. So I, it's not necessarily a good thing for his development, not that any injuries are. Um, but, I mean, th- this is one that I think really could affect the Astros. I mean, it's especially because they were one of the major teams in the American League looking to compete. And, I mean, losing someone like Valdez can really, I mean, hurt, hurt their rotation. I mean, especially especially since Verlander's out for, Justin Verlander's out for the whole year. I mean, it's not really good for their pitching depth. And, I mean, I, I can I, I can really see them signing Jake Odorizzi to take his spot now. Yeah, it's been something that's been rumored for a while for the last week. Now, uh, I mean, not last week, but the last few days ever since the injury was reported. I th- I mean, they would need that. I mean, that would really help their pitching a lot because I think this team is clearly still the favorite to win that division, anyways. But this would just certify that again. Hopefully, for Amber Valdez is okay because he was really great last, year, very good last year, and it's just unfortunate to see him go down with an unfortunately really severe injury. Yeah, I mean, another major one was um, Cole Calhoun had a tore the medial meniscus in his right knee. Um, I mean, which obviously that's for an outf- or for any baseball player, hurting your knee is going to affect you big time. And, I mean, he, he did undergo successful surgery, is actually only expected to miss four to six weeks, which I sort of thought that would be a longer recovery, honestly. Um I mean, considering it is with the knee, and I mean, to, to build it back up, I mean, it, it, I, I've sort of thought that it would take longer. But, I mean, he's supposed to be back relatively quickly. Um, although, I mean, it could, um, him getting hurt, actually, and he's going to miss, he's probably going to miss opening day at this point. So that would actually, that would um, open up a spot on the roster for um, Dalton Varsho to make the roster who I think is a really intriguing prospect because he not only can he catch, but he can also play outfield and center field for that matter. I always enjoy that. That's kind of a fun way to – it's kind of a fun depth uh, amount of depth that a, uh, for a catcher guy to be able to play catcher as well as a bunch of other positions like that. It's kind of fun because normally catchers are – it would be harder for them to move out to the outfield, obviously. But if you can do it, that's really fun to see. Like I say, it kind of for left, I was able to do it. Yeah, or I mean, like Austin Nola can play infield positions. Um, I mean, then, then you have guys like Wilson Contreras who can play corner outfield, which he I mean, never does, though. Right? I mean, he could though if if they if they needed him to. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's others too. I mean, those are just sort of the major ones um, as far as catchers who can play other where or other um, positions. Um, Nate Pearson, who is sort of he was talked up a lot i mean he's still top 10 prospect i mean he solidified himself in the rotation this past year for the blue jays and i mean now now he's out indefinitely at this point got a groin strain pitching this past week and i mean not really i mean blue jays actually have some depth in the rotation i mean this would probably make it so now steven Matz and ross stripling both get a spot in the rotation um, as far instead of fighting for one, so I mean that helps them, but Pearson's a big part of the Blue Jays' future. I mean he's he is their top prospect at this point, and I mean especially with all their good hitters, they need a couple good pitchers who are going to be around for the long run. I mean after Ryu's gone and Robbie Ray and all these sort of veteran guys are gone, 
they're going to need someone to step in and be the leader. And Pearson seems like the best bet at this point. Yeah, and I mean, he's their, one of their better pitching prospects. He throws absolute gas. So that's someone they would really like to get him back into the lineup, into the rotation, and hopefully be able to develop into an ace eventually, which I believe a lot of people would like project him to be. Yeah, I mean, and and I mean, he he could become an ace. I mean, I can I can see that happening. I mean, especially with with the talent he has, if he's able to harness it and stay healthy. I mean, I can I can see him filling that role very soon. Yeah. And then I John Lester is a small. I he's getting his um. One of, I'm blanking on the name of the gland. I believe it's his thyroid gland that he's getting removed. Which, to me, is just, what? That <laughs> came out of nowhere to me. Uh, and apparently, he should be able to pitch again soon. But, I mean, when I, when I heard that, I was like, that sounds like really serious, thing, serious surgery. But apparently, he might be able to come back for whooping. He might actually be pitching in a few days again. So, hopefully, he's okay. Yeah, I mean, he's, be- he still needs to get built back up, though. I mean, it's, it's not... I mean, he, he's still behind the other pitchers in camp, which makes it a, a little less likely that, he, that he's ready for opening day. Not that he won't be, but just makes it less likely than if, than if he had, this had happened a few weeks ago. Yeah. And then you obviously have, I just again, you just hope he's okay in that, because that's something that's, I mean, he's had... We know he's had some um, health concerns in the past before. He's had he's a cancer survivor, so so hopefully this is nothing severe, and that nothing becomes severe out of this. So, yeah, yeah. And then actually, just today, Adam Hazley got hurt. Um, also had a groin strain, and I mean now he's questionable for opening day. I mean, groin or hamstrings. I mean those are those are sort of the injuries that tend to linger for a while for players i mean those those can sort of you can feel the effects of them after even after coming back so i mean even when hazley comes back he might it might take him a little bit just to get back to normal and sort of overcome the injury even if he is back playing he might not be fully recovered at that point yeah so hopefully he's okay as well obviously injuries are part of the game but you just don't want to see it happen and yeah. So for free agency, though, there were a couple free agent signings this week. The probably the second, probably the best position player still left on the market, Jackie Bradley Jr., goes to the Brewers. And um, even though, although Craig Council does claim that Lorenzo Cain will still be the center fielder, uh, so let's we'll see how he fits in there. Maybe he goes into right. I would think Yelich yeah. will probably still be in left because Yelich is not a good defender. But Jackie Bradley Jr. is a very good defender, and he's an okay hitter. He can, he can, he's had some up and downs with his uh, with the bat, but defensively, you know what he gives you. He gives you great defense in the outfield. And between him and Lorenzo Cain, that's going to be a really good defensive outfield too. Just don't hit it. Just hit it to left field. Don't hit it to left. Don't hit it to right. Don't hit it to right or center. Just hit it to left field. And Lorenzo Cain's actually played right field before too, which. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that Milwaukee wants to keep Kane in center. No, I mean, that's their guy. He's been there there longer, so it makes sense. He knows the field better. He knows the field's dimensions a lot better. Yeah, and then, I mean, there's also the the possibility of Bradley splitting time with Abasil Garcia, who was expected to be the starting right fielder. And, I mean, it, it... 
Um, I mean, so he'll probably be a pretty active fourth outfielder or, I mean, possibly even split time with Bradley as far as the third outfielder in the lineup. And, I mean, Milwaukee's had this. I mean, they're that division is really tough, and Milwaukee's trying to stay with it if they can, um, trying to sort of match their competitors' moves. Um, I mean, th- this... Obviously, I mean, this is, it's not, a, it's actually less money than I thought Bradley would get, too. Got two years, $24 million, with an opt-out after the first year. So it's not really that much of a commitment for the Brewers. I, I would have thought, Brad, I mean, earlier in the offseason, I was thinking Bradley would be able to get three, four years at least on a contract. Were you thinking the same thing? It makes sense to me because it was just desperation at this point because no one was signing him. And obviously, at the when it's at this point, you just generally just in almost on any sports league, you just get just gonna have to just sign eventually. So it makes sense to me that he got this, and he's gonna probably opt out after this year, depending how well he plays the next year, this upcoming season. Yeah, and I mean we we've talked about reunions before on on here, and I mean Jared Dyson re-signing with the Royals is another one. I mean he was. He was part of their World Series championship, their back-to-back World Series teams in 14 and 15. Although they lost the first one, they still made it back-to-back years. Ended up re-signing on a minor league deal, I believe. And, I mean, that's actually a pretty good signing for Kansas City. I mean, depth, I mean, he could be a Terrence Gore-type guy for them. Coming off the bench, good defense, good speed. Um, Yeah, he could be a great pinch runner. So, and... If you need him in the outfield as defensive substitution, if he makes the majors, I mean, that's not a bad option, obviously. And, I mean, their center field position isn't really that settled either. I believe they have Michael Taylor as their starting center fielder at this point, which isn't necessarily, wouldn't necessarily make it that hard for Dyson to at at least get a backup role, at least be the backup to Taylor in center. Um, I mean, I mean, that's, Probably not, wouldn't be too hard for him to do. I mean, possibly overcome Taylor. I mean, depending on, depending on how Taylor does this spring and how Dyson does. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it. I, w- I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility for Dyson to actually have a big role with the Royals this year. Despite them wanting to get um, a look at their younger guys. Could be someone who just comes in and just keeps some of the younger guys in the minors to help them continue to develop as well. Which makes sense because you don't want to bring your guys up way too early. So um, another signing, I know you're gonna like this one. Um, MVP vote getter Ryan Tapera, re-signing with the Cubs. My man, goat. Look it up. Look it up on Baseball Reference, everybody. Look up Ryan Tapera right now on Baseball Reference and tell me what you see under his 2020 season, the last row, last last column, last row. Just look at it and look how beautiful it is. I'm just going to do it for you all, too, just in case we're not actually doing it. When you look there, it says under awards, and it says MVP-18, and that is amazing. Bang. Amazing. Just elite. Can't, can't get enough of that one. Eight MVP vote get a Ryan Tapera. I don't care if it was an accident. It's beautiful, and it's hilarious. Cubs and he did it. Except it is the, funny the that, are, that he ended up getting a vote. Except the Cubs are just addicted to right-handed pitching. So, 
that that's going to be hilarious when they uh, go up against lefty uh, lefty hitters like you, Christian Yelich, and he crushes everybody, or Bellinger, or uh, Betts, who also crushes righties. For some Dodgers reason. as a whole have, have have a good lefty hitting team. So that's just going to be fun to watch when uh, teams that crush righties absolutely feast off of them. But either way, MVP vote get a Ryan Tepera's back, and I love it. You got a major league deal too, which big W. I was sort of surprised at. I would not that he didn't do good, but it just seems relievers in general sort of have to be very dominant in order to get a major league deal. And I mean, and from what I mean, f- from my from. From sort of seeing how many relievers get a minor league deal, even after doing good the year be- the year before having success, I mean, so many. Re- I think part of that is due to the volatility, but I mean, it's still, still sort of surprising that, or not surprising, but it did surprise me a little bit that he that he was able to get a major league deal. Well, the Cubs need a lot of pitching, and it doesn't. It's, it makes sense for them to bring a guy who was just there last year, so. Ouch, apparently the White Sox just grounded into a triple play. <laughs> I just saw that one. That stinks. But it's spring training. I don't want to overreact, but I just saw that randomly. Uh, someone just sent me that, and I thought it was funny to share. Ouch. Speaking of the White Sox, Gio Gonzalez just signed with the Marlins as well. Uh, minor league deal with the Marlins this week. I mean, that's Marlins, I mean, he'll, pitching depth could carve out a role as a swingman out of the bullpen. Or, Switching between the rotation and bullpen. I mean, I mean that's not not a bad risk for the Marlins. I mean, worst case he ends up at AAA or, I mean, doesn't really do anything with the major league club. I mean, it's not really not a huge deal that they have to take on. I mean, he's it's a one year thing. He just depth and then if you need him, okay. If you don't, okay. I mean, it's there's not really much much that you need to worry about with that. Yeah, and I don't really expect, I don't think a lot of people expect Marlins to repeat after last year, full season. There's only five playoff teams, thank the Lord. Um, so I think it's just in case something happens that they need, if they need to bring him up, then they will. Either way, eh, Marlins just trying to, I think just trying to get a few, just some depth for the minor leagues, for the SIP farm system, and potential for the majors. So going back to Jackie Bradley Jr., do you think his signing makes the Brewers the favorite in the NL Central? Not even close. Not even close. I don't think they have enough at all. I don't think they're I don't think they're better than the Cardinals. I think they are maybe the second best team in the division. And their pitching is pretty underrated. I think they have some decent pitching. They have Christian Yelich, who I don't expect to have a bad season like he did last year. I mean, Omar Narvaez is pretty solid. Uh, Keston Hira, if he can get back to what he was in 2019, even semblance of it. But I, I still just don't think this team is even, even in the same conversation as the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals, they have a couple. I mean, Jack Flaherty is an incredibly talented pitcher. They have very good – their pitching is pretty solid, pretty good, and the defense just makes it even better because no one's scoring – because the defense is going to be able to prevent a lot of runs with – just how talented they are. 
And the corners, defense, corner infield, just fantastic. Up the middle, defense, fantastic. Outfield, defense, fantastic. I don't think the Brewers are even remotely close to the favorites. I think they top out at 84 wins at most. I don't think any team in the Central really... T- I mean, I still don't think the Cardinals are a great team. I think they're a good team. I just don't think anyone in the Central tops even 90 wins. I think this is going to be a bad division. But to me, I just don't think the Brewers are that good. Yeah, so. I mean, it is does seem like the weakest division in baseball. Oh, it's at definitely this point. the weakest. And I mean, I, I think the Brewers are somewhat close to the Cardinals as far as first place in the division. I mean, I, I think the Cardinals are still better. I mean, both teams are ridiculously good defensively. I mean, Milwaukee signed Colton Wong. They signed Jackie Bradley. Still have Lorenzo Cain. Um, yeah, I mean, you have Yelich isn't great as far as defense. But I mean, other than that, I mean, here at moving to first is huge for their defense. Plus, if he can get back to what he was, I mean, if I mean if Yelich can bounce back, I mean, Kane can bounce back. I mean, they have a lot of guys who have the potential to, they've had success in the past, and if they can reach that potential again, and sort of, I had down years, and now if they can come back from that, the Brewers could be in the conversation for one, at least for one of the wild card teams, if not for first place in the division. I don't think they get the wild. I, I think the only teams that are contending for the wild card to me are the Padres because I don't think they beat the Dodgers out for that division. And then the Nationals or the Braves or the Mets, that's about it to me. I don't think the Reds are going to do much this year. They don't have enough. They were they had last year was their best chance, and they just blew it. Cubs, I already gave my thoughts on them. They're not a good team. Their hitting is atrocious half the time. Their pitching is okay. Um, the Cardinals are Cardinals are what they are. They have some good, great players, but they also have some weaknesses. But overall, their defense is fantastic, and their offense can be go can be good. And the Brewers, to me, are just see. I think the Brewers are in that same position, though. Their defense is really good. Their offense could be really good. I mean, yeah. The only thing is, Cardinals pitching is slightly better, but I think is close enough to where. There could actually be a battle for the for the winner of the division. I just don't see the Brewers doing much next year. If it, I don't think they're not make. If they don't win that division, they're not the if the whoever wins that division is going to be the only team in the Central to make the playoffs. The two wild card teams are going to be fighting between the the wild card teams are going to be a fight between the Nationals, Braves, Mets, and the Padres. Braves, Mets, Nationals just depends on just depends on who wins that division. I still don't think the Phillies are that good. Their pitching is not good. Their bullpen's not good. That's their pitching. They are just have failed. The Phillies have personally, to me, just failed to do anything to surround Bryce Harper and JT Romuto and Aaron Nola. They've signed Zach Wheeler last year, and that was. I mean, he's he's okay. He's been decent. He, he was decent, but like, still, I. The winner of the the only wild card teams are they're going to be wild card teams, and they're going to be from the NL East, or they're going to be the Padres, or if the Dodgers somehow don't win that division, it'll be them. That's how I see it. Yeah, I mean, I I would say the Brewers have a higher chance of winning the division than being a wild card. Um, that's just because to me the division's not that good. Oh right, I mean that's. I mean, they're definitely one of the top two teams in that division, though. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, they're top. They're like top three because, I mean, the top three of that division to me is probably the Cardinals, Brewers, Cubs, Reds are just tied to me. I can't even pick between the two. They're both meh. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I, yeah, I, I would say Reds are probably ahead of Cubs at this point. But, I mean, there's yeah, st- I, I would say Reds are still behind Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee's pitching. I mean, I, yeah, they don't really have any frontline guys, but they still have. I mean, Corbin Burns was ridiculous last year. I mean, they have Brandon Woodruff's a decent starter. I mean, they have guy Devin Williams, Josh Hader. I mean, their bullpen's good. I mean, it's just they're starting pitching. They don't have guys who can give them a lot of innings. But if they mix and match them well, they can. Act, they could actually make it to the playoffs. It all depends. I just highly doubt they make the playoffs. The only team I see from the Central making the playoffs is the Cardinals. I could be wrong, but I don't think I. That's just how I see it. Those those teams have just. They've really sat. Everyone in the Central has sat back and done nothing this offseason except for the Cardinals, really. Well, the Pirates have done stuff, but that just involves them exploding their team. Well, Brewers have signed Colton Wong. They've now That's signed true. Jackie Bradley. I mean, they've besides that, they really haven't done much. Losing Pitt, they've lost some guys, but I still just don't see the Brewers being that good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll be decent. They could be. They could be fighting for the division. I think it, it 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 all sort of comes down to how well Craig Council uses his pitching. I think that's sort of the main thing that it comes down to. We'll see. I think they're an 85-win team at max. So switching gears a little bit, the Astros have had some pretty big coronavirus issues th- these this past week. I mean, they have eight pitchers out. I believe currently with either contract tracing or actually, I don't know if any of them actually have the virus, but I know there were at least three who, there were three who they wouldn't comment. And then the other five, I believe were just away for other reasons, but I mean, it could be a coronavirus issue. I mean, do you think, how do you think this would affect the Astros if that is? Well, if it was, then they would hope probably be quarantined for two for two ten to fourteen days, and then see what happens after that. I mean, depends on how they came back after. It depends how they it affects their players. Some players could be affected by it worse. Some could be hurt by it more. It just all depends on that. I mean, we saw last year there were players who had it that struggled a lot last year. We don't know if that's because of it or just in general. But there were also players like Freddie Freeman who had it and won MVP, and then Juan Soto had it, but he. Arguably could have won MVP, should have been an MVP finalist. But there's just don't know how that's going to happen, what's going to happen with that. Yeah. It all depends on how baseball decides to hopefully handle it better than they did last year. And I mean, I don't see, I don't know how much of an. I think the Astros would still probably be pretty good. I mean, these aren't necessarily guys, the guys who are hurt aren't necessarily guys who are they are important to their pitching but they're not necessarily the biggest guys on their pitching staff which I mean it's not the Zach Greinke Lance McCullers um I mean it's not it's not sort of their big big name pitchers which I makes it easier for them to to sort of find replacements in that regard yeah and speaking of COVID, I just saw the Dodgers, the L.A. LA so their California's guidelines for MLB ballparks are out. Fans are allowed. But apparently until L.A. County gets out of the purple tier, I don't know what that means, the Dodgers cannot have more than 100 fans at their stadium. I don't know how that works. I don't know what that means. What that's 
going to do, but just important news that come out regarding COVID and how the season's going to hopefully go for now, and hopefully just hopefully this doesn't end up staying an issue. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this does get done sooner rather than later. I mean, um, the vaccines would hopefully help in that regard. I mean, so, I mean, if we can get through next couple months, I mean, you would think we would be at a uh, better standard as far as how close we are to being done with this. Yeah. But we do have to take another quick break. But when we return, we will discuss a few things, plus top five third basemen for this week. And MLB made a new national holiday in their, in, within baseball. And Stick around to find out. And it's not Bobby Bonilla Day. Not yet. Hey, this is Brian. And Mikey. And Pat from Weezer. And you're listening to KCOU. 88.1 FM Columbia. Columbia. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you, too, can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Young people from all walks of life have volunteered to take part in a frightening experiment. They are allowing their brains to be altered. Altered to induce paranoia, heart malfunction, memory loss, even early senility. Unfortunately, this is not an experiment. It's what slowly happens to you when you keep smoking pot. No one has to alter your brain. You've already volunteered to do it to yourself. I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, but my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone, Radio Man, KCOU. Welcome back here on KCOU 88.1 FM. You're listening to On Deck Circle. I'm Michael Levitt with Adam Rosen. And Adam, we talked a little bit about Adam Hazley's injury earlier and how how that could sort of, how that could affect the Phillies, I guess, a little bit. Um, or how his chances of being ready for opening day. Do you think Odubel Herrera has a chance to make the Phillies roster? Well, with that of happening, yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, let's think. I mean, McCutcheon's going to be probably be back and left. I mean, you got this guy named Bryce Harper in right. I hear he's pretty solid. Um, 
he's probably got that position locked down, but yeah, he's, he's an all right player. Um, yeah, I think Abdul Herrera could make it. Dep- it just depends on how well Hazley uh, heals and if he even gets in time for ma- major league start for the start of opening day. It just all depends on that. And I think it all it also just depends on the depth and just what they have left. Yeah, I mean, I think it does sort of depend on that. And I mean, I the, Hazley missing opening day would obviously increase Herrera's chances of making it, but. I mean, they also, he might, even if he makes it, he still might not play. And, I mean, they still have Scott Kingery, still have Roman Quinn, who I believe is out of options. Those two are both making the club regardless. Kingery can play anywhere in the infield. Um, Quinn would probably be a backup in center to Hazley if he's, if Hazley's healthy. Um, so Herreras would possibly be behind both of those guys, or he is behind both those guys for a roster spot. For playing time, he could possibly jump one of them, but I mean, he still would he still would have to make the roster. I mean, obviously that would increase his chances of making the roster if he get if he if the team wants him to get more playing time. But then there's a question of who do they send down instead? Yeah, true, because they have the 26 man roster, I believe. Right, and um, I mean, Herrera's still owed, I believe, 13 and a half million this year. Um, he was sent off the 40-man roster two years ago, I believe. Um, yeah, I believe that was 2019. And got suspended for domestic violence. And then when he came back, the Phillies just sent – they didn't want him on the major league roster. Sent him back to the minors. Um, and they've been, they've been going. I mean, McCutcheon played center a bit last year before – I mean, that's when they still had Jay Bruce. Um, so, I mean, he uh, – McCutcheon played center a bit there then before getting hurt. I mean, and now McCutcheon will move to left. And, hey, I mean, Hazley broke out. I mean, who sort of stepped up in McCutcheon's absence. And, I mean, now if Hazley's out, I mean, now that opens the door for someone else to then step up. Yeah, I mean, that it all... I, w- I would hope that Hazley, again, I said it earlier, hopefully Hazley's okay, but obviously Herrera could add just a solid, decent, an eh, bat de- for the, the Phillies and tank just to have a little bridge that gap in between the time that Hazley's re- able to return. So sticking with sort of someone coming back from something, what do you think can be expected from Alex Reyes this year? Well, Alex Reyes, for about five years ago, was one of the best car- prospects in all of baseball. I believe he was the car- Cardinals' top prospect. But since then, he's had a lot of issues with, with injuries. I believe he was just—he had not really off-field issues, but like he's tested, he he was caught using marijuana, which he was suspended for. So he had some rough time. He had some uh, stuff that prevented him from being able to play but then he also i mean he also had a solid start a solid season last year in the shortened season so overall i mean it just depends on what he can do recently if he can get back to what he was when he was a prospect i mean he cardinals i mean that's fantastic for them he's still pretty young i believe he's only 26 so yeah i mean he's still really young he can have he could still hopefully for his sake be able to pitch well and get back to where he was expected to be as a prospect yeah, I mean, it, it's he. I think he is sort of a question mark at this point still. I mean, just because he hasn't pitched in, at least in the majors, in what, three years now? I mean, he, he hasn't really, he, he hasn't had much 
of an opportunity to play in the majors. While that's not necessarily for the team's lack of wanting him in the majors, it's more because of his injuries, it still sort of leads to... um, It still sort of led to him not really getting a chance. And... I mean, it's... It's one of those things that... I mean, you hope he bounces back and he can sort of live up to his promise. But it's still sort of unknown whether the... I mean, he'll probably be a reliever to start off. Yeah. Um, Especially with Carlos Martinez moving back to the rotation after being in the bullpen last year. Um, So, I mean... I mean, he he could be a a high-leverage weapon out of the bullpen for the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he could definitely... I could really see him being used in high-leverage situations for them. He, yeah. he he definitely has the the stuff to to make it, and I mean he has the talent to make it too. Yeah, he's got fantastic. He's got great velocity. He got a solid pitch selection. It just depends. Can he find what he was back to what he was as a prospect? Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where it, it is sort of unknown at this point as to how how he will bounce back. I mean, I think he's he's done good. I think he actually made his first start earlier this week of spring training and or first appearance and I, I don't think he gave up a run I think he pitched one or two innings didn't give up a run so I mean that's a good start for him the question is will it continue and you have to hope so I hope so because it's always fun to see guys succeed so who do you, who do you think is the top five third baseman in baseball? I mean, third base is probably one of the more loaded positions in baseball. Well, still. yeah, I'd say besides outfield, it definitely is. So and shortstop's up there, too, yeah, I would say. Yeah, that's true. Five, I have Manny Machado, 14 defensive runs saved, uh, and about 11.9 F war over the last five, over the last two, three years. Four, I've got Anthony Rendon. He's been a defender, minus negative one defensive run save, so... Not great, not terrible, but it's not good. 10.8 UZR, 148 WRC+, and 15.9 F4, so he's been maybe the second-best offensive third baseman in baseball in the last few years. Third, I've got out. Third, haha, Alex Bregman, nine defensive runs saved, uh, 158 WRC+, and 117.1 F4. I think that's phenomenal. I mean, we all know that we can't, you can't argue with that one. That's fantastic. And then I have Nolan Arenado at 40 defensive runs saved, which... That's mind-boggling. 24.6 UCR, 124 weight runs created plus, and 12.7 at Fangraph's war. That's fantastic. I mean, you could argue he's the best. I mean, a lot of people will. And then my hot take here is that Matt Chapman is my number one. He's saved 66 runs defensively. His ultimate zone rating is 29.2. He hits a 131 WRC plus, which is fantastic, especially, obviously, he plays in the pitcher's park, so that does, but obviously, this is level playing field. And 14.1 F4, I I think people look at his basic numbers where he just doesn't have, his strikeouts are meh, and his average is meh. But when you look at the whole story, I think when you look at those advanced metrics and stuff, they, they show that Matt Chapman is crazy underrated in his defensive he's the best defender in baseball to me especially at third base and that is why he is my number one third baseman go Matt surprised you have him over Nolan Arenado as far as defense okay so my number five third baseman I have Nolan Arenado at number five all right I think that some people might think that's a little slow I mean I 
Fair enough. I mean, I I think especially with him going to St. Louis, I mean that'll that'll lower his output a little bit since he's not in Coors Field. Um, number four, I have Yoan Moncada. Okay. I mean, his what he was able to do this past season, even while feeling the effects of coronavirus, was incredible. I mean, yeah, I mean he he didn't necessarily he he did good, but it. It was solid for someone without coronavirus, but the fact that he was able to do it while still feeling it is just really impressive to me. Um, number three, I have Matt Chapman. Um, I, I think I, he, he is ridiculously good defensively. I'd, I'd still say Arenado is better defensively, but it, it, it is close between Chapman and Arenado. And then, I mean, obviously, offensive, offensively, I think Chapman's better. I think that's sort of the main difference is... Arenado's slightly better on, de- on defense, but Chapman's a good amount better on offense. And then number two, I have Alex Bregman, which I, I mean, con- considering how great he's been for the past few years, I mean, even with the cheating scandal, I mean, and everything with that, I mean, it's still, even discounting a little bit for that, he, he's still top five third baseman in baseball. Oh, no doubt. And then number one, here's what I think is going to surprise you. Chris Bryant. Anthony Rendon. Nah, it doesn't surprise me. We've talked about that before. I think Anthony Rendon's fantastic. I, I mean, he's just as good of a hitter as Bregman and a lot better defensively. Yeah. I mean, obviously him coming up as a second baseman was, I mean, it helped his defense a lot. I mean, and he played in the majors as a second baseman. Gives him a lot of he versatility. Was yeah. And, I mean, when Ryan Zimmerman was still at third for them, he was the second baseman. And then... When Zimmerman moved to first, he then moved to third. And, I mean, I, I'd say he's, I mean, putting together the combined effect of offense and defense, I'd say he's the best third baseman in baseball. Um, so now with, MLB did announce a new, I don't know if it's a holiday. It, it, it's definitely a, a day of importance around MLB. I believe um, June 2nd. It is, yeah. It's June 2nd, Lou Gehrig Day is now officially June 2nd. Um, what are your thoughts about MLB doing that? It's really cool. I think it's a great way to honor one of the greats who um, we all know, unfortunately, passed away um, from uh, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, which a lot of people know it now. Just a really cool way to pay homage to some historical baseball players. Yeah, I mean, Gehrig really, Gehrig really was a, a dominant um, a, a dominant, dominant, not only player, but, I mean, he was a great person, too, and I mean that, that that's probably one of the main reasons MLB wanted to honor him is I mean have his legacy live on even longer. Mm-hmm. So with that, we are going to have to um, to say goodbye for the week, and um, next week we'll have a lot more baseball to discuss. And I mean, getting obviously as we get closer to opening day, there's going to be a lot more, um, a lot more excitement too, and. More, more stuff to talk about. Um, but, I mean, in, until next time, we will... Um, we'll... Uh